Welcome to Make Money Count, the podcast by Connect Home Financing. Be sure to visit makemoneycount.com to find all of our old episodes. Be sure to rate, comment, and review on all of your favorite podcast platforms. If you want to send us a question, please send us a question to hello at connect.ca. That's connect with an A. If you're not already a subscriber, be sure to hit that subscribe button. Thank you once again for listening to Make Money Count. And now your hosts, Marcus Severus and Justin Turner. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Make Money Count. Today, we're going to be talking about home prices, inflation rates, and the economy. So don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Be sure to visit makemoneycount.com to find all of our old episodes. Connect helps homeowners borrow for less. Your home loan approved online in seconds, funded in 24 hours. I'm Marcus from Connect. Let's make money count. This is another episode of Make Money Count, as we all always like to say. And I'm excited because I have my buddy here with me, who is normally not here. Normally, I'm here. Right. right. I just wasn't here for the last two shows. You say that now, but then we'll see you in another month and a half. <laughs> uh, so normally, I'm sitting here alone. Matt's here too, but I can't see his face, so it gets lonely out here. Um, but I'm excited to have you. It's going to be a good day. I'm excited to be here, Justin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You can feel that the distance between us has shortened. Yeah. Yeah. And we got to have lunch today, which was nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Too much, but it's okay. It happens. Um, so a uh, big question on everyone's mind. Um, you know, interest rates. What are interest rates doing? Um, you know, we were talking about how the feds did something today. So why, why don't you tell us a little <laughs> bit about... What are you laughing at? What did the fed do today? They raised their 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 interest rates by seventy five basis points. Yeah, bingo. Yeah, yeah, they didn't just do something. No, I know. I was kind of leading you into it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Listen, um, we're at this point right now where the central bankers have to fight inflation, and everyone is so worried about inflation um, because we're seeing it in everything. Mm-hmm. So the central bankers have to act so that inflation doesn't become entrenched in our economy, which is the big fear. Inflation becomes entrenched and people really change the way they, they behave. Consumers change the way they behave and it can really tank the economy. So we, see, we saw the Bank of Canada increase interest rates with a massive 1% hike, right? Yeah, it was 1%. Yeah. And then today we saw the Federal Reserve increase with a 75 basis point hike. These are serving to kind of hit the market in the head with like, hey, listen, like inflation is our number one priority. It is a top concern. We're going to do whatever we need to to combat it. But we also know from when we talk about variable rates and fixed rates that there is a difference in how they're priced, right? Mm -hmm. So variable rates are priced off of the prime rate and Mm -hmm. the prime rate is priced off of the overnight rate. Correct. So in Canada right now, we have an overnight rate of two and a half. We have a prime rate of 4.7, right? And then we have variable rates that are priced off of that. Right. Then we have fixed rates that are priced off of bond yields. Mm-hmm. 
I'm going to see if Matt can throw up the bond yields chart. Maybe we can reference it a little bit while we're talking about this. Thanks, Matt. I'm not going to talk about it yet, though, Matt. Um, but thank you for being so quick with that. <laughs> um, so what's important to note right now when we pull up this bond yields chart? But not yet. But not yet, Matt. <laughs> not too quick, bro. Okay, so what's important to note is even though we're hearing this dialogue from the Bank of Canada and the Federal Reserve of we're going to do whatever it takes, we're going to increase rates, we're going to increase rates, the bond market is no longer moving in lockstep with the projections from the central banks. Right. And that's telling us that the bond market is pricing in a recession. The bond market is saying, the bond market is off 80 basis points, almost 1% from its high. So the yield on the five-year Government of Canada bond has dropped. Right. Uh, the way this works is, the Bank of Canada sells bonds, mm -hmm. right? They're the Government of Canada sells bonds, rather. They are backstopped by the Government of Canada's ability to collect tax. Mm -hmm. So you and I would say, okay, I have $100. I want to put it somewhere that's safe because the yield or the rate of return on a Government of Canada bond is the risk-free rate of return in Canada. Right. Okay? So we'll say, where are we going to put our $100? Let's buy a Government of Canada bond. If you buy it at the issuance, you buy it and you receive the coupon on the bond. Okay? Mm -hmm. Then the bonds trade, just like everything else. Right? People buy and sell them. And the price of the bond changes as the expectation of interest rates in the future and currently change. Mm -hmm. So when we say bond yields are increasing, which is what we've seen happen over the last six months, what we're saying is the price of the bonds, so if the bonds were sold initially at 100 bucks, the price of the bonds are dropping so that the bonds or the, the market is showing more of a yield. So if I originally bought a bond for 100 bucks mm -hmm. and the bond was returning a 2% yield, so I buy a $100 bond, and I know in one year I'm going to get $102 back. Mm -hmm. That means that the bond cost me $100. It means that the return or the yield, if the bond is trading at $100, is 2%. Mm -hmm. When yields increase, it means that the price of that $100 bond has dropped. Right. So if in the open market now, I can only buy that bond, I can buy that bond for $97, $3 now is going into my yield. Right. So my yield on my bond is now 5%, right? The 2% mm -hmm. coupon rate on the bond, and then the discount that the bond's trading at, more yield, three mm -hmm. more bucks. So whenever we talk about the bond market and we say yields are up, it's actually not good for the people that own the bonds. Right, 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 right. Yields are up because the price of the bonds have decreased. Right. Yields go down means the price of the bonds have increased. Right. Typically, when we talk about it on this show and, and with our clients, and uh, like, I mean, we have had no inflation for 20 years, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. right? Like it, we've literally, there's been no inflation, very, yeah. very, very little inflation. So what we talk about when we talk about bond yields increasing or decreasing is typically as a mechanism or as a flight to safety. 
So people say, oh my God, I'm super rattled with what's going on in the market. I'm going to put my money in bonds because I can't lose it there. Right. And if a whole bunch of people demand bonds, mm-hmm. so if the demand for bonds increase and the supply is fixed, then what happens? The bond price goes down. The bond price goes up. The yield goes down. The yield goes down, yes. That's, that's what, what I you meant. meant? Yeah, yeah, for sure. That's what you meant. That's what I meant. But So if you think about it like, like as a mechanism for simply finding risk-free assets, which is what we've typically looked at it for, it's pretty simple, right? Mm-hmm. You're scared of the market. You got to put your money somewhere. You put it in bonds. You put more money in bonds. The bond price increases. The yield on the bond decreases. Mm-hmm. There's another mechanism at play, though. If the value of your hundred bucks is going to be worth less in one year, wherever you're going to put that money, you're going to want to make sure that you have the same purchasing power with that money one year from now. Mm-hmm. So you get a hundred bucks, you buy a bond. And then inflation creeps into the market, and you're like, oh my God, I bought this bond that gives me a 2% yield because I bought it for 100 bucks, and it's got a 2% coupon on it. But now, inflation's running at 9%. Mm-hmm. So the same thing that I wanted to buy last year for a dollar is now $1.09. Right. My money is now worth less. Not worthless, but worth less. So what do you do? Well, if you are in the bond market, you demand more of a yield to park your money somewhere, right? Mm -hmm. And if the Federal Reserve is telling you that interest rates are increasing, the overnight rate is increasing, inflation is running hot, the Bank of Canada is telling you the same, every G7 nation is telling you the exact same thing, well, that means that the yields on the bonds that are being traded will steadily increase, right? Mm -hmm. The only time that those yields will then turn back down is when people start pricing in a future where interest rates may drop again. Right. And the reason why interest rates drop is to re-stimulate economic activity. So right now, and this is going to be a give and take seesaw, like the markets are crazy right now. Like today we saw the Federal Reserve increase rates by 75 basis points. We saw the market rally 4% into the close. Right. So I don't know that it like like anything in this market. It's not going to be like a steady move to exactly where you want it to be, right? It's going to be up and down, back and forth for a little while now. But the bond market has kind of consistently, well, you can put that up now. If you look at this chart of bond yields, you can see like we reached a peak kind of mid-June, right? At that point, we were at our 52-week high, which would have been like 3.5, 3.6. We are now today trading at 280. So about 80 basis points off of where we were at that peak point. Mm -hmm. That peak point was like inflation's running hot. The economy is doing relatively good. Less of a probability of a recession as interpreted by the bond market at that point in time. Mm -hmm. Now, what the bond market's telling us is that more of a probability of a recession is being priced in. Almost a certainty of a recession is being priced in. And as such... Bond yields are coming off because the trajectory or the, the, the rapid rate of increases in the overnight rate is no longer what we thought it was going to be. Right. I guess the, the issue is, is how will the economy, the issue for kind of Canadians and homeowners and people looking at what they should be doing right now is how is the economy going to react 
with the recession that we are kind of on our way into or into Imminent. however Imminent. yeah exactly and um i mean although bond yield is a bit of a complex um concept i think you got it it wasn't complex when we were discussing pizza really yeah uh, we were we we earlier in 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 the office we were trying to figure out a good way to explain bond yields and uh we were trying to use pizzas as a as an analogy yes slices out slices in two pizzas here one pizza there it was a bit uh, uh the, the problem with like the reason why i decided not to talk about that is that the price of pizza is actually going up because of inflation <laughs> so i didn't want to like confuse the matter but really it's the it's the amount of money you're demanding now for parking your money somewhere right somewhere risk-free mm-hmm because the value of money is decreasing, you need to get more of a yield for it. Uh, I don't know that it's like we're like that this is the kind of height of where we're going to see the bond yields, but it's probably pretty close. Right. Um, like we're going to see, obviously, we're going to see more increases in the overnight rate from the Bank of Canada, but we're also simultaneously going to start getting numbers in, readings in for how much of an effect the increases have had on our economy. Right. So, uh, and, and, and saying that our bond yield is kind of at its peak and or uh, we're going to be seeing it, you know, coming down, which it already has, right, a little bit. Does that mean fixed rates are at its peak? Like, or are they coming down? Because what I've seen in the market is that fixed rates have not come back down which is interesting because you know if bond yields are falling fixed yeah. rates should be falling with the banks. I I don't honestly I don't think fixed rates are going to go much higher from here. Right. Um I think that if you're like if you're planning on taking a fixed rate, I would take a 3-year fixed rate over a 5-year fixed rate right now. Yeah. Um I do think that kind of 20 18 to 24 months out from here you're going to be able to find a better deal on a 5-year fixed rate. Mm-hmm. The real estate market has like seized up right now, right? Mm-hmm. Did you see the Royal Bank of Canada issued a report on like the largest housing correction that we're going to see in the last 40, that we've seen in the last 40 years is happening now. Everyone's freaking out about yeah. it. Yeah. Um, we have a couple of charts that Matt put together that we can put up. Before we pull up that, that slide, we're just going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. Be sure to visit makemoneycount.com to find all of our old episodes. Toronto, defined by its people. Hardworking, dependable, beautiful. But when we need help the most, our banks say no. Connect helps homeowners borrow for less. Your home loan approved online in seconds. Funded in 24 hours, the way it should be. I'm Marcus from Connect. Let's make money count. And we're back, and we got the chart up. It's like it's like movie magic. Oh, yippee! Movie magic. Okay, so there's a couple things that I like about this chart. No, I mean like like that it, it illustrates. It's a nice chart. Yeah, uh, Matt did a nice job with the colors. Thanks, Matt. Okay, so along the top of the chart is the um, average home price. Okay, this is for Ontario. So we can see, it looks like we kind of hit a peak in February of, you know, 
1,017,000. And now we're at 888, right? In June. So we've already experienced a significant drop in the average price of a home. Right. Okay. What is a leading indicator for prices are is a ratio called sales to listings. It's just an easy percentage. It's the percentage of homes that are listed that get sold. Right. Okay. Right. Typically, 50 is a balanced market. And we have been in an unbalanced market favoring the seller for quite some time. Like I, I think like as long as I've been brokering mortgages, the majority of the time it's been a seller, a biased to the seller of the market. Okay. Right. So What's important to see here is like you can see that January, 88% of the properties that got listed got sold. I'll give you a weird fact. In June, 70% of the properties that were listed got taken down, changed, and relisted. Mm. That means people are adjusting for prices. They're switching realtors. They're getting frustrated. When interest rates rise more people will be forced to sell. Yeah. And there is a psychology in every market, right? Like real estate's no different. So you can see the rapid decline in that sales to listings ratio. Right. Right at the top of the middle finger. Right. Like the middle finger at 88. Look at all the eights on here. Hey, so bizarre. So January, 88% of the of listings got sold. And in February, boom, we had another, we, had, we, we printed a record month, right? Mm-hmm. But then in February, things started slowing down. And since February, they have gone nowhere but down. Right. Right? And now we're at 45 on that sales to listings ratio, which means that it's now a buyer's market. Right. I think that in July, we're, and, and typically, again, July, August, Not really big real estate months. Right. right? So I think we're going to see low numbers also. Mm -hmm. If you look back kind of over the last 20 or so years, Mm -hmm. the bad years of kind of Toronto real estate, like 2008, and then again in 2018, we sold in, um, in Ontario around 70,000 homes, right. the numbers here. Sorry, in Toronto, for 2008, we sold 74,000 homes. Okay. In 2018, we sold 76,000 homes. Mm-hmm. So far, up until now, we've sold close to 50,000 homes. Wow, that's crazy. Right. So we've had a pretty good run-up the first half of the year. Right. I think that we can expect that we're going to see about half of that for the rest of the year. We're right. going to do another kind of low print on the number of so- number of homes that we're going to sell. What does that mean? It means that there's going to be further downward pressure on housing prices. Right. Right. It's not going to be a ton of transactions. Right. I think that people are going to hold on. Right. It's not a great time to sell a home right now. Right. I wouldn't. Right. Um, I think people are going to hold on. But I think that as interest rates continue to rise, fewer people are going to be able to hold on many people are going to become very motivated sellers. We're going to end up seeing more rapid price declines on homes. Right. Right. As you see that, that drop in housing prices 
continue to, and there's so many reasons for it, right? Like affordability is changing, right? Right. Interest rates are rising so significantly. People just can't afford to debt service those homes anymore, right? Mm -hmm. People were tight when they initially did it. Then people aren't going to be able to qualify for as much home when they're buying anymore because the stress test is going to go up. So all around, there is going to be downward pressure on rates. Mm -hmm. uh, sorry, downward pressure on property values. Upward rates are, rates are trending higher. As a result, at some point, we need a catalyst to propel rates back up again. Right? I mean, we know... Home sales, you mean? Home prices? Home prices, yeah. Sorry, I keep saying uh, rates. That's okay. But, I'm, that's what I'm here for. Yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah. So like, we know fundamentally why, we, why people like Toronto real estate, right? Demographics, right. you know, we're constrained on supply. There's a ton of immigration. So these fundamental factors that drive the value of Toronto real estate aren't going away. They're always going to be there. But psychology has a really big part to play in it, right? right? If you're seeing rapid price declines on real estate values and you're seeing your, your family's inability to afford the monthly payments that come along with that home, at a certain point, you're going to break and you're going to sell. Right. And the more people that sell, the further declines we're going to see in housing prices. Do, like, where do you think this is going to end up? Like, do you think we're going to see 600s here? I don't know, man. I don't know. It's dependent on how the, how low, or sorry, how many more increases we see from the, uh, the Bank of Canada. And at what point the, it kind of, so like, when does inflation stabilize to a point where the Bank of Canada feels they don't have to continue to increase interest rates? Right. When does the verbiage from the Bank of Canada switch from being like, hey, we're just going to put our gas, like put our foot on the gas pedal and just keep increasing interest rates. And then we'll let you know when it's going to stop. Right. right? Like when does, when does that flip over to say like, okay, the economy is in a bit of a precarious position right now. You know, people are feeling the pinch. The first thing we're going to see is, you know, people are going to start defaulting on unsecured debt, right? Mm -hmm. Credit cards are going to be too much to handle, car loans, which are secured against the car. But like, you know, th that type of kind of downstream debt is going to start defaulting. Sad. It's horrible. Yeah. Horrible. And all of these kind of factors that the, the, the central banks and the government have been relying upon to tell us that we're not in a recession, which is something also I find so bizarre. Like, we're in a recession. This is a recession, right? Like, we are, a, it, we are, we're seeing a, a, a decrease in growth mm -hmm. and we're not doing anything to stop it. In fact, we're targeting inflation, so we're increasing interest rates, which will only accelerate the the rapid decline in GDP that we're going to see. Right. So it's going to further affect our economy, right? Mm -hmm. We know that, you know, housing in Canada has such a great dominant position on the kind of percentage of the GDP in Canada. Well, what's going to happen? That's going to shrink, right? Mm -hmm. Growth in Canada is going to shrink. People will lose jobs. People will have less money. People will be selling homes. Property values will drop. Interest rates are, they're still telegraphing that interest rates are going to go higher. And the government of Canada and the U.S. government are telling us 
We're not in a recession. Everything's fine. And they're hanging their hats on employment numbers. Employment numbers are just the number that the, the percentage, the unemployment rate is the percentage of people who are looking for work and haven't found it. Right. But the number of people that stopped looking for work during COVID. Yeah. Increased significantly. Yeah. So the sample size or the, the total group of people that we're judging has decreased because people just gave up. Right. So sure, we got a great unemployment rate right now in Canada. So does the United States. But that's because people took off, right? Mm. They're just collecting money from the government right now. So going into this next phase, like there's so many different predictions. There's like Nouriel Rabini. Do you know who that is? Uh, I absolutely have no clue who Nouriel is. So, uh, you'd like him. You'd yeah. like him. He's like a cool, uh, he is like um, Italian, but like from Turkey, uh, economist. They called him like a Dr. Doom or something. He has like some, he called the 2008. Like Kevorkian? No, 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 no. He's an economist. <laughs> he called the 2008 crash. Um, he's a very kind of pessimistic economist. Right. And he believes that we're going to see like a massive, massive downturn, you know, kind of like in all parts of the economy. Right. And th there's a good argument to be had, right? Like to, to be said for that, like that, if, if we destroy consumer confidence and we eliminate consumer spending, which is what we're going to do if we make people feel poorer, mm -hmm. which is how this line continuing to trend downward, that's what that does. Mm -hmm. um, at a certain point, we will be no longer worried about inflation, which is where the central banks want to get to. Mm -hmm. And we will be worried about how to resurrect the economy. The right. good news is, is that we'll have increased interest rates so significantly that we could do these same one percentage point rate drops yeah, 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 yeah. to get the economy firing again. And so, so what do you think? Uh, so the, the feds went 75 basis points. We went one feds went 75 basis points. So what do you think we're going to do? I mean, it's going to be dependent on what the inflation readings look like, but I don't think we're going to see another one percentage point, one percentage point hike from the bank of Canada. Yeah. No, no, no. Um, I really hope that we don't. Um, it's gonna you know, be problems. Yeah, like there's another part of this, which is like the best solution here would be to get in the time machine and go back two years and not just flood the economy with free money to people. Right. Right. And I remember before that, there were like all of these economists that were suggesting like the way to go is universal basic income and they were talking about things like helicopter money when they when the Federal Reserve was looking at how to stimulate the economy. What's helicopter money? It's just basically like going in a helicopter. This is not actually what they do, but <laughs> it's just like going in a helicopter and just like spew money out into the economy. Yeah. To give the economy like a quick hit. Like money bags kind of thing. Right. Yeah, just like who cares where it goes, just yeah. pump it into the economy. Yeah, yeah. And at the time, everybody was saying, oh, this is no problem. Not going to impact inflation. It's not going to have any long-term effects on the economy. It, just the money will go in and it'll siphon through. But obviously that's not the case, right? You can't yeah. just double the money supply and just give out all this free money and think that it's not going to have an impact. And time it now with uh, the war in the Ukraine where 
commodity prices are spiking as a result of that war, mm-hmm. right? I think that there's just so many factors at play that are impacting inflation. And the only real tool that the central banks have is to increase interest rates right now and to stop their asset buying programs, which is what they're doing. And, you know, couple that with the governments who, like in Canada, we cannot have a budget where we're going to start injecting more capital into the economy. That's kind of counteractive to what the central bank is doing, right? Like the the government, liberal government starts deciding to spend money, inject more money into the economy so that they can get Mm reelected. Well, that's the opposite. I'm sure of what the central bank wants to see. happen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Everyone's got a different agenda, buddy. Yeah, no, it's true. I, it's a good visual, the helicopter money thing. Yeah. I mean, just as long as you're underneath the helicopter. It's like, kind of like Mardi Gras. With the beads. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Show us your economy. <laughs> now, this is something that's going to get uh, <clears throat> Matt over here really riled up. But you were telling me something earlier about... Uh, you were telling me about um, what is it? The big reset, the great reset, hmm. like the 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 economic conspiracy. Matt, theories? you're gonna love this. Yeah, I, I I'm pretty on board with this idea. I think. Okay, so so hold on, just before we get into this, Matt, you think the economy is a conspiracy theory? It's not the economy. <laughs> no, I, I just <laughs> listen. There's a lot of very intelligent people that believe this. I didn't say that there wasn't intelligent. I wasn't making fun of Matt. I was. Sounded like you were you making fun I of Matt. I wasn't making fun Matt, of Matt. did it sound like he was making fun of you there? A little bit. A little I bit. wasn't making fun of Matt. Yeah. Okay. So there's something called the World Economic Forum. Okay. Okay. Happens in Davos, Davos, Switzerland. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And the, um, the premise of it a couple of years ago was something called the Great Reset. Right. And the idea was... was Let's take an opportunity to reset the economy and governance to allow corporations to be involved, big multinational corporations, to be involved in the governance of the world. And let's make the governments just one part of the kind of stakeholder committee for how the world is going to be run. This is like globalization. Let's bring everybody together, you know. Let's let's focus on and they did it like, like the whole premise of it is to focus on like equitable finance and green finance. Right. Which are really kind of catchy and like everybody. Do you want everything to be fair? I do kind of want everything. to be fair. <clears throat> I taught my kids this. OK. 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 This do is, I look better sitting back, by the way? Do I look way. more relaxed? It's like rearranging the deck chairs on the Titanic. <laughs> OK, so. The way you want to get someone to agree with you is like you start nodding your head, right? (laughs) Justin, do you like pizza? Yes. All right. Do you like hot dogs? Yeah. yeah. All right. All right. You like going out with your buddies and like eating as much as possible, like a good buffet? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You like making money? Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 You like making people happy? I love it. Right. Do you like the idea of money being fair and, and equitable for everybody? Like Cuba. 
<laughs> not like Cuba. Do you, no, do you like yes, the idea I, of it being fair? I like do that. Yes, men I and women, that. black or white, I'm very, or green. Yeah, that's me. You're everybody me going here. equal. You're getting me going. All right. Yeah. Do you like the idea of saving the environment? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Well, why don't we let corporations govern the world? <laughs> <laughs> sure. Yeah, exactly. That's the way it works. You just like you get your head nodding and you start asking people questions that you know the answer is yes to. And eventually you throw in the one that they just can't resist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the idea behind this great reset was let's reset everything in the economy and the governance of things so that everybody becomes equal and that we can hand over power to the corporations. And I mean, like everybody was involved in this, right? Right. Like this mandate. And if there is some sinister plot what better way to have it unfold than to inject a whole bunch of capital into the economy create runaway inflation and then just as everybody was kind of getting lulled to sleep with the yeah my house is going up i have more money than ever smack them with really really high interest rates and then watch everything unfold this calamitous result of where our economy is hypothetically possibly heading when you make people very desperate and you introduce a solution you can get them behind it if everybody was like comfortable and not worried it'd be very difficult to get everyone to kind of switch over to a new a new idea of governance right um, the new world order yeah i mean if you were to ask my buddy steve kuchar he would, yeah, he's he'd on be, board. Yeah, he'd be a great guest to have yeah, on yeah. today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I will jump in here and I say I, I, I do agree with... Uh, um, uh, Matt, where's the rest of your arm, bud? Green screen, buddy, green screen. Okay. Um, so uh, I will say that I do agree with like there are powers at play, but I, there, I, will, I also think that there is like a changing of the guard with... Uh, with China and Russia, like I think that they're they've been purposely devaluing their currency for decades, and um, you know, with the opportunities that arise with inflation and 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 uh, the changing market, I think that there could be a, a lot of things that happen over the next decade with with China and Russia as well, right? Before we go down this rabbit hole, this is what I want to say: we're in a recession. Okay. Mm -hmm. Things are going to get tighter. People are going to lose their jobs. The value of your assets is going to decrease. Right. You will feel poor, more poor. Okay. This is a no brainer. Cars are going to get cheaper. Watches are going to get cheaper. It's already happening. Things are getting cheaper. What do you do to prepare for it? You want to know what I do? Tell me. I look at what I spend every single month. Mm -hmm. Okay. It's the way I do it too. And I go through line by line and I see where I can reduce my spending to put myself in a, an even more positive position on a month over month basis going forward so that I can withstand shocks. Right. Right. Like my whole, my whole thing is don't spend the principal. Right. Okay. You've built up some savings. That's your principal. Right. right Let your right. principal work for you. Right. Okay. The moment you start spending the principal, your value, your net worth, the money that you have, your safety net is starting to get eroded. We're already going to see assets drop. 
So whatever you've got available to you, you want to keep. And in fact, you want to try to grow. Right. In a time like one that we're heading into, there's two things to keep in mind. Number one, try to reduce your spending. Right. And number two, you never make money when you sell something. You always make money when you buy it. Right. Think about that for a second. Okay. What we're heading into is an opportunity for people to buy assets cheaper than where they were being sold before. Right. Everything is cyclical. Okay. We're going into a recession. Right now, as we sit here, you can say, well, geez, like, you know, I remember, how about this? I remember when we were doing this show last summer, Matt and you would send me MLS listings for buildings that I should buy to turn into like a clubhouse. Mm-hmm. Remember that? Yeah. Matt this was, was Matt, Matt. Matt was like, this would be the best podcast studio ever. Which I was on board with. Of course you were. Yeah. When I was looking at those buildings and I was like, oh my God, like these are trading at $2,000 a foot or $1,500 a foot, like very expensive. Still like great buildings. Matt's got great style, great taste, knows good real estate. I always think to myself, it's how we value properties when we're doing loans. I always think to myself, what, if I owned this at this price, at what level would I get nervous if the price dropped to? Right. That I would feel like, oh man, I made a mistake. Right? Just because everybody is buying something at a certain price, it doesn't mean that's the right price. It's the right price at that time, but there's so many factors that will go into that, the value of that thing over the long term. So if you own certain assets that you aren't concerned with selling, keep them. Remember what you paid for them. And in a downturn, if you see the asset that you're happy to own and you were happy to own and you're holding on to a similar asset at trading at a discount to what you own your asset for and you have capital, that's the time to buy. Because you are then, it's like dollar cost averaging for traders, right? Let's say a firm was trading at $120 when you bought it, hypothetically speaking. Yeah, I think it was trading for higher than that. <laughs> and now it's 29 Right. Well, like if you believed in it at $120 and now it's trading at $29 and your long-term thesis was to hold a firm and pass, them off, pass it off to your kids, well, then you should be buying more at 29 Yeah. That's right. the theory behind cryptocurrency too. Oh, Matt, let's not get into crypto right now. <laughs> Back to but the yes. conspiracy theories. Yes. Um, I'm just joking. Like, if you were bullish on the metaverse, then maybe now's the time to go buy some land in the metaverse, right? right. Whatever it is, you know. That, NFTs. Uh, or NFTs. I mean, <laughs> let's, let's just put a disclaimer up, right? Like, we know nothing about these, about that. Well, Matt thinks he does, but like, Well, all all I'm trying to say is, like, go into this period carefully, okay? And it's, it should be easy for people to do because you're getting smacked in the face everywhere you go, okay? Mm -hmm. Like, I went out for dinner the other night with a friend of mine. And I don't normally look at what, like, the prices of the things are on the menu. And he was, he was like... You know, actually, there's certain restaurants like you go to where like the woman, <laughs> they hand the woman a menu with no prices on it and the man gets the menu with the prices on it. Have you ever seen that before? No. Yeah. That sounds like a little bit archaic. Um, 
I mean, like, so like in Monaco, okay, there's this restaurant um, at the Hotel de Paris. It's like a really high end hotel. And I've never been there. Yeah, well, it's, I mean, listen, Monaco's great. It's a great place to go if you think you're like, you're feeling rich. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You go there, you're basically homeless. <laughs> <laughs> you feel poor. The moment you get there, you're poor. Anyways, I went there for dinner. And they handed me a menu with the prices on it. They handed my wife a menu with no prices on it. And uh, Cordelia looked at me and she was like, I don't know. Like, do you have prices on your menu? I got no prices on mine. And I was like, here, just take mine. Like, I don't look at the prices on things anyways. Like, we're here. We're at a restaurant. We're having dinner. Mm -hmm. My general rule is if there's an item on the menu that's named after the restaurant, like if it's the Hotel de Paris Croissant. Lobster. You got to get it. And if it's the Hotel de Paris souffle, ship it in. Right? Right. Same way as it's like, you know, if the burger is named after the Drake Hotel down the street. Right. You get the Drake Hotel burger. Yeah. Or like the Dave's Double. Exactly. Right? You get the thing. <laughs> you can't go wrong with the Dave's Double. I don't know what that means. At Wendy's. Oh, Dave's Double. Okay. Yeah. Dave Thomas. Yeah. Well, anyways. So this particular instance, I go for dinner with my buddy. <laughs> dying over here and we're sitting there and i go he goes to me he's like he's like have you seen the prices of things on this menu and he starts going through the menu and he's like what do you think the flank steak costs i don't know 50 bucks 95 i was gonna say 65 i was like oh my god don't tell me the french fries went up french fries 15 dollars it's ridiculous so where i'm going with this okay by the way, at the Hotel de Paris, they also gave me a jacket because I went in and I wasn't wearing a jacket. Oh, wow. And you need to wear a jacket when you go there. The Did you get to me keep a jacket. it? No. Well, I wouldn't want to keep it, but like it was a good jacket. But like I wouldn't, how many other people wore it, right? It didn't fit really well. It was kind of like really baggy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, would look good. <laughs> Anyways, what I'm, what I'm getting to is they're slapping you in the face right now. You're going out for uh, dinner at a restaurant. And because of inflation and because of how long they haven't been operating for, the prices of goods and services are high. Right. So you go out for dinner and you, it's two of you and you get a good bottle of wine. It's a thousand bucks. I don't know about you. I don't want to go for dinner again. Yeah. No, no, no. Agreed. I mean, and, I don't drink wine. But. And I go home and I like, ooh, like I don't feel good. Mm -hmm. And I say to myself, geez, like. Maybe we should just eat in tomorrow. Yeah, we should definitely be eating in yeah, tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. So it, this should only highlight for people that if you can hold off going out for dinner and traveling right now, like travel is another big thing, right? I flew back from, uh, from Athens and I, th I thought I saw every single Air Canada plane operational as I was landing. Right. Like literally, like we landed, there wasn't a gate available. All the gates in Terminal One were occupied by Air Canada planes. There were Air Canada planes waiting on the runway to take off. There were Air Canada planes waiting on the tarmac to find gates. There were Air Canada planes everywhere, mm -hmm. everywhere. Mm -hmm. Everybody is traveling. Right. The price of travel is double. Right. So just think to yourself we're going into a recession. 
We are in a recession. I don't like. You think we're in it right now? Uh, I mean, like, whatever. There's a term for a recession where it's two consecutive quarters. Yeah, of the negative data just growth. doesn't come in yet. The data just doesn't come in yet. Yeah, we are in the middle of it for sure. Yeah, yeah, we're in a recession, right? You can only call the start of a recession after it started, right? That was the start. Okay, we're in a recession. There's no doubt about it, and no one's doing anything to get us out of a recession. And there's no, like, I always try to think about like what are the factors that could stimulate us to get out of a recession. There is nothing on the horizon that's going to be a positive input to our economy. Right. It's all negatives. Right. You know what the only positive is? Hey, maybe inflation's not so bad, and then the central bankers can tone it down. Right. And if they can tone it down, then maybe we can resurrect this economy. Right. That's the positive. Once the, they announce a recession, though. What, okay, so if they announce recession and inflation is abated, then we'll see interest rates not go up, hopefully come down to re-stimulate the economy. Right. The problem is, is we have this like tiny little maniac Russian who is you know, trying to instigate World War III with the help of Winnie the Pooh, Xi Jinping. They call him Winnie the Pooh. Did you know that? No, I didn't. Oh, we're going to get hacked. But I feel like our show is not going to be existent next week. We're going to get hacked. For Matt, sure. fire up the firewalls. My, my iHerb account already got hacked. I told you this. <laughs> yeah, you told me yeah. that. Yeah. Anyways, like we've got an attempt right now while sleepy Joe Biden is at the wheel. We're just getting them all. <laughs> yeah, whatever. Who cares? Listen, here's what's going on. Here's what's going wrong right now, okay? Bad cut, bad haircut Trudeau. Okay, Gotta well, first of all, Trudeau is is looking for a master to serve and he has found it in this kind of globalist agenda within the world economic forum hmm. i don't know that he's necessarily intelligent enough to know what the end game is right i think that he is drunk with power and he just loves the idea of continuing to control canada right right like the way he's handled so many different things from covid to the truckers who aren't just truckers not just truckers yeah anyways Listen, who cares about Trudeau? He's such a microscopic piece of the puzzle that's affecting the global economy right now that it's not even, not even worthwhile discussing him. But China and Russia noticed that sleepy Joe Biden was at the wheel. <laughs> China and, and Russia noticed sleepy Joe Biden was at the wheel. And they figured, yeah, exactly. The only guy that's managed to fall up the stairs Twice. <laughs> Can you imagine? Uh, and they figured now's the time to make a game plan. So there was like two, like, I trust me, I have three boys. I know how they operate, right? So like one guy goes to the other guy, listen, if you go take Ukraine, I got your back. But then afterwards, if I go take Taiwan, you get my back. We're brothers now. Okay, cool. Go for it. So Putin goes after Ukraine. Sleepy Joe does nothing. Nobody does anything. And now we're, what, four months it's into crazy. this? It is actually crazy. With humans dying? And what are we doing? Well, Sleepy Joe went to MBS in Saudi Arabia to ask him to reduce the price of oil. Sleepy Joe campaigned on a on a premise that he was going to make Saudi Arabia like, like a pariah right. of the global community because of what they did in killing the Washington Post reporter Khashoggi. 
But now, with oil prices so high, Sleepy Joe needs to go to him and say, please lower oil prices because I need to make sure the Democrats get reelected, that Democrats aren't going to want him running for president. But, you know, maybe they told him that might happen. Who knows? But it's constantly picking the lesser of two evils and constantly being backed into a corner leads to constant bad decision making. Right. I mean, don't forget, we also did take McDonald's away from them. Yeah. Well, we got that going for us. Yeah. And ruffled chips and a whole bunch of other things. But they took the hookers. (laughs) What is the main Russian export other than oil? It's hookers, right? Vodka. Ah, vodka. (laughs) Did you hear about the pipeline they found? Let's get oiled up with some hookers and drink some vodka. (laughs) Can't do that anymore. I'm Russian. Drink hockey. Play vodka. (laughs) Uh, We should put uh, the the credits to the end of this show. Should be... (laughs) Highlights of Putin uh, scoring. Uh, oh, he's got some great highlights. Yeah. In, uh, in his hockey games. Well, listen, this was a good show today. This was a good show. Yeah. I don't know how much of it's going to make it. Hopefully all of it makes it in some capacity. Maybe not all of it goes on television, but, you know. We'll definitely be uploading all of this over to the full YouTube channel, but we will not be airing it all on CHCH. And if we do, it will come with a disclaimer. We like, right. we like to call that make money count after dark. Listen, here's the deal. Okay, we need more people to follow us on uh, YouTube. We need people. So if you do listen to this, go on YouTube and watch it or subscribe to the channel would be great. And uh, go to makemoneycount.com, right? Connect.ca for all your home equity loan or investment needs. Keep in mind, right? Like, let's remember what Connect does. Yeah, yeah. Connect. We lend people money to help them. Get back to lower cost capital. Yeah. And if you don't have a computer, 416-766-2666. Now it sounds too cheesy and too pluggy. We just do this for fun anyways. Yeah. Okay. Well, we love you, everybody. Thank you. Bye.